Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. We are coming to a close uh, on our short series on the creation ordinances. You know, when you compare our series that we did from February almost to June, a four-week series is relatively short. <laughs> yeah, a brief. A, brief. <laughs> a month or five months as opposed to a month. So we are going to wrap that up today. And up to this point, we've been talking about marriage, labor, the Sabbath, and we want to end our series today with the concept and the idea of community. Now, both you and I talked about this over the last couple weeks or so, and as we knew we were leading up to this, and, and we want to make sure we're not stretching this. You know, we want to make sure we're not trying to read into something that is not there. But I think once we dive into it, having discussed this quite a bit before we come on, I think people will see how community really is a creation ordinance it, from the beginning of time that's been something God has created. Yeah, we, we don't want to say more than Scripture says. Right. But we do want to communicate what Scripture says. And I think if you read the Scriptures moving into the New Testament, as you move from the Old Testament, it has developed more. The theology of the local church, um, Israel, and all that entailed there, and God commanded them and his relationship with them. So I think that has developed more as it moves along, but we can at least see the seed of that concept within creation itself. Right. Um, now, kind of just wrapping everything up, maybe I'll ask this question. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about labor. We've talked about the Sabbath. I don't know if we did those before this for on purpose. We just did those before community. But would you say those are helpful building blocks by which we are going to understand what we're talking about today? Yeah, I was thinking – as we talked about that, that all of all three of those ordinances that are woven into the very fabric of life at creation are they are individual things, but they are community things. They are they are uh, things that the first the the creation does. I mean, right. people do. We don't typically do them alone. Well, and, and quite frankly, you cannot have community without these other three things. And Yeah, they, they are the, the fabric, they are the foundation of community, of genuine biblical community that has developed. We'll talk about that development more in a moment. Yeah, I mean, so, we're even going to harken back to marriage or this concept of, of, of marriage and, and relationship between man and woman. Right. You know? So I, I think people are going to see it that as we talk about it. Yeah. And it, it blossoms as – First, as things develop in the creation story, and then after the fall, it, it blossoms and, and develops more. Okay. Well, good. I, I just want our listeners to to understand and kind of see where we've gone as we've stepped through these last month now, once you listen to this episode. Um, and and I think if you haven't listened to those, you should go back because it will, it will lay a foundation for where we're at and how we're wrapping up today with this concept and idea of community. Right. Um, three concepts we want to look at today when it comes to the creation ordinance – and community. One is plurality, one is community, uh, which is our namesake today, and responsibility. Uh, so jumping in here, as we looked at these three concepts to talk about the creation ordinance of community, what does plurality have to do with understanding community? Well, as it relates to creation ordinances. 
we see plurality in the Godhead, and then we see plurality. But wait a minute, isn't God just one? Yeah, well, he is <laughs> one God. He is three persons, and that's the whole concept of Trinity is at least alluded to in the creation story. Most conservative theologians, most evangelical, I would say almost virtually all evangelical theologians will say that the Trinity is alluded to, but it's not clearly taught right. there. You don't get your doctrine right. the Trinity complete, but you do see the beginnings of this yep. concept of plurality of persons, and we, which we come in the development of, of biblical doctrine and systematic theology and biblical theology, we see the development then of an understanding of the deity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you have this whole concept of plurality, first of all, in the Creator. The one who is doing the creating, who is setting up the creation order, is himself plural in persons. Right. Let us make man in our image after Uses our plural likeness. Language. So there's a yeah. there is a community, if you will, and that's that's that word is later in our outline. There is a plurality, excuse me, uh, in the Godhead. This this is not heresy. This is where cults right. will come along, like Watchtower Jehovah's Witnesses will say, well, you know, that's teaching that there's more than one God. Not at all. We're not teaching there's more than one God. And we say, well, you can't. How do you explain that? Not, of course we have trouble explaining God, the plurality of the Godhead. I've had some discussion with some people of the Muslim faith, and that's one of the things they go directly to right off the bat, Yes, is your view of the Trinity as being yeah. an evangelical, yeah. you know, Protestant, heck, even... Catholic, for that matter, right. and um, uh, and and that, and they hit you right on that at the first. So if you if you if you're ever talking with one, that's probably what you're going to get as far as a question, you know. So so we see this plurality concept in the Creator, and then we see it in the created, uh, the man and woman, and so God created man, which harkens back to our marriage concept that we're talking about, right? Yeah. M- Male and female, he created them. And so after his likeness, so the likeness includes this plurality of sorts. There's a, there's, that's alluded to in there. And um, it is not later, it is not good that man should live alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So, so we have this plurality idea growing in the creation story. It's not full blossom yet, and it will not become, and it's going to develop throughout biblical history and church history. So so anyway, plurality is seen in the Creator and the Godhead. It's seen in those He created, the man and the woman. That relationship involves well, And plurality. I think that just helps us see the, the formation of community ideas. We are not an island in and of ourselves. Right. From the very beginning, we see this. Now, that leads us, since you said that, to the next point. The next point, community. Communi- yeah. The community, because it's possible to have plurality without community. Right. It's possible to have more than one, but not have what we call community. Well, I mean, I, I would hearken to a husband and wife being married, so-called believers, but yet don't really want to have anything to do with the church in, in a, in a present-day reality. Yeah. Um, it would be like saying, uh, you know, I – I don't need the doctor. I don't need the dentist. Well, these are aspects of our community that you're probably going to need. <laughs> right. I mean, you can say you don't <laughs> you know, need them, but one day, right. you one day you're going to need say, them. Yeah. Ooh, I wish I'd gone. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So, so now we have community, and we see that illustrated in the Godhead. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Hmm. We see something there that is more than just – I mean, if we're not careful, we just overlook, and that's the whole point of this study and this conversation, we'll overlook what there is in the Godhead. It's not just plurality. It is community. Right. Uh, that community is seen in commonality. In the Godhead, we see three persons of the Godhead. All are co-equal, co-eternal. That, that doctrine is developed by the church uh, from Scripture later in the church age. But uh, So that you have the Godhead, you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're not, they're not specifically spoken of as that right now. But we have these, this plurality acting in commonality. Well, and then it's cre- we're created in God's image. We are so so so. This idea of commonality, of fellowship, and of connection, if you will. Now, obviously, that was broken by sin. You know, right. when, when man sinned right. in that relationship, and then, of course, God brings His Son, sends His Son to restore right. that commonality. Right. Well, when when the Godhead says, when God says, uh, "Let's create man in our image." You see there's a commonality. This image, it's our image. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's create them in your image. Okay, you're the Son, we'll create them in your image. Or you're the Spirit, we'll create them in your – no. It's our, there's this unity of the Godhead, this commonality of the Godhead. And Which I would say this. Everything else that we've talked about in regards to creation ordinance, marriage, labor, the Sabbath, when those are destroyed, this commonality is destroyed. So when marriage, the idea of laboring and working – all of these things were designed to bring together the community, whether within the church or in society in general. Right. So when these are broken and destroyed by society, then the image of God is destroyed and, and the flourishing that comes from that. Well, and you, if you look – so let's fast forward and see the development of this community and the people of Israel. Right. For the first, uh, one of the fellows I used to, I've listened to preach called Abraham the first Hebrew and Judah the first Jew. But you see this development. Abraham <laughs> right. was a Hebrew. He was Semitic. He there was tribalism, right. which became after Joseph and as the people of God expanded in um, in Egypt. Now there's a covenant nation, not right. just a, uh, several tribes, but there's this covenant nation, and you see this commonality. What's their, their sons of Abraham? Right. They're, they are God's chosen people. His earthly heritage, his the promises are to them. They have these things in common. Whereas in in church, when the church, we get to the church, we have this commonality. The promises of God belong to all the people, that not just Jewish people, but to all, every tribe and tongue and nation and people. You know, it's interesting. You have a lot of these um, genealogy things that you can do online, um, and I'm going blank on some of the names of them right now. I don't know why, but it, it, you don't. You, know, you can, just a short watch of television could give you a commercial on one of those. Right. And it's interesting. There's a huge demand for that because I think there is a sense in which we as humans desire to know what that commonality is, where we came from, who we are. Right. You know, and 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 that is a biblically inherent thing within it us. Is. Yeah. It, it it's is. It's a created thing in us. It's uh, – and then we see Jesus allude to that, but go, take it a step further when um, he's teaching and 
some people come up and say, your brothers and your sisters are wanting to see you. And he says, uh, my brothers, my sisters are these. Mm-hmm. You know, this the church. The, I remember a, a brother of mine that got real close to my first church, and, and he uh, – his wife said something about his family, and, he, and he, he didn't have that same tie, but he said, Charles is my family. Hmm. Milton is my family. Right. They're my, they're my family. He said – now, he didn't mean he didn't love his family. Right. But there is a commonality there that leads to our next subpoint here, and that's communion. Commonality is good as far as it goes, but communion is that fellowship, right. that union – that forms out of the commonality, communion. That's why communion is so important to the church, the communion, act of communion. We are together confessing that we are sinners, that we have one Savior, that we are one in Him, that that our trust, our hope is in Him. And so that – in, in – um, in the time of the Jewish people, the Israelites people, God shows them people in the, under the Old Covenant, that communion came through the act of circumcision and the other – through the, the uh, meal, the Passover meal, those things. So uh, that communion, you see it in the Godhead here. Let, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And so they did. The Godhead, God made man in his image after his likeness. Well, and, and you, you, the New Testament tells us not to forsake this communion. Right. This, this fellowship. This commonality, this, commi- this further community yeah. that involves com- commonality and communion. I'll tell you a story that just happened just recently, um, about a week ago or so. We're at a small group, and the leader of our small group, Alex, um, some of us standing around having a conversation, and he just finished up seminary took him quite a while and so he was having graduation and he runs into a guy there and he strike up a conversation kind of find out that guy is finishing up obviously school graduating and he needs a job until he gets a church he wants to be a pastor uh-huh. um and he's as chance i put quotations around <laughs> that would have it he's going to be working in evansville um, and Alex says, oh, yeah, that's incredible. You should come to our church. It'll be great to have you there while we're there. And um, he said, yeah, and, and I've kind of been staying in a hotel, going back and forth. And he's like, you can stay at our house. Like, they have room, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and if your family wants to come and be with you sometimes because they haven't found a place to get settled, it's only going to be about five or six months. Right. But Alex made the point, he's like, the fellowship that we have, we've never known each other, but the fellowship that we have in Christ and that immediate connection. Right. That communion that we have as the community that we are now developed. Interestingly enough, I said, what was his name? Because he's from Indianapolis. He goes, oh, his name's Casey Clark. I worked with him when I was with Elbert uh-huh. doing sales back in the For day. Us, yeah. <laughs> so I was just the craziest yeah. connection wow. and how that all comes full circle. But that communion. And we ended up going out to eat with him yesterday after church. And, it, and the communion that was happening around the table with people right. who really – only connection right. we have is really our faith in yeah. Christ was sweet. And you, so I give that example is, is that this is community, whether it's your family that you do hopefully get along with. If you don't, then obviously you, hopefully you have those brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. who provide that community for you. That brings up something else. There is a commonality among Christians with all Christians. 
If we meet other Christians, I mean, we can right. soon. And there is a level of communion, but there is not the level of communion and even commonality that there ought to be in the local church. With people you see every week or who, multiple times a week. Whose lives yeah. are, should be intertwined by the gospel and by the love of Christ. And interestingly enough, I would say only in the last 100 years, especially of American culture, maybe less than that, up till, say, right after World War II, so that wouldn't be 100 years, community was important just from a secular standpoint. Everything we did revolved around our community. We lived in these communities. Many people went to the same church. Maybe there was two churches, but you, you did everything in community. And those people who were outside of that really didn't have much to help support them. After World War II, men came back, life changed, things became more metropolitan. That really began to be destroyed. So I think when you see it up until, say, 70 years ago, 80 years ago, mm -hmm. throughout society and culture, community was important. And I think we've destroyed that. And so for us as a church to reconstruct this idea of community right. is really important to talk about it being a created Ordinance is important because for centuries, for millennia, people lived in community. It was their support system. It was the way they lived life. Well, that, this is just an aside, but about the time just after World War II, we saw the centralization of education. Right. Uh, the school. Which used to be more communal. The church yeah. and the school were the central part of the community. Communion happened in the church, of course, but even for those who weren't a part of the church, there was a commonality around the school. Well, now... Often the school was in the church, and the church was in the school. <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. up until yeah. later. So that centralization destroyed a lot of the com community aspect, and I, yeah. I think some of that was by design. Yeah, oh no, I think if you study it, and we don't have time to go into that, but I think if you study it and right. read quotes this, from people like Dewey, yeah. Yeah. basically known as the father of modern education, the whole idea was to destroy this idea of community, which then yeah. gets and back family. to, yeah. yeah, this is what God created. Yeah. So yeah. right now culture that, yeah. is pushing against this. It is. It's, you know. it's, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting sort of uh, conflict that's going on. So uh, to say all that, that leads us into our, our final idea behind a soul community concept, and that and is, you're talking about responsibility. Yeah, yeah, that's responsibility. I, um, um, I think you see responsibility grow out of this whole creation narrative. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so he did, and then let them have dominion over the earth. And it gives a list of things mankind would have dominion over. The fish, the, the animals, the, the vegetation, dominion over these things. That certainly does more than imply, and right. it's, really it's necessary to have with that dominion responsibility. Right. And so the responsibility is, a, is well, well, here's the thing. You can have plurality and not have community. And you can have plurality and community and not have responsibility. And what you have is chaos or, mm. or disorder. Okay, I'm going I'm to stop you there for a minute because by way of application, I want people to grab a hold of this as they're listening. You look at where we're at currently as a, a culture and society, and I think in particular Western civilization, 
Okay, I don't just want to throw America in there because it kind of limits. Well, America is right. a part of the whole Western right. civilization. Yeah. Do you think we're getting there? Well, I think the, the chaos element. Right. That's where. That's uh, if we want an example of that, we look at the French Revolution and what you you got that deconstruction mm-hmm. of of the community of that nation and so that then you had disorder and that left them open to tyranny right. and that's what we're seeing happen now around right. us if we can deconstruct the community the family yep. the sense of created order that god gave and at first you say there's no god and so if you don't have god he's not the one who gives rights unalienable rights right. and he and therefore the things he ordained and created are not important in fact they're they're an inhibitor to what you want to accomplish. They're not something good. Right. They get in the way. And that's where we are, really, mm-hmm. in, in Western civilization. It's it's a frightening sort of thing, except that we know that our hope is in the Lord. So so you say this, and you're talking about the expanded rule of man and our responsibility. So that comes back to what are we supposed to be doing then? Right. Well, you see that happen there. He's given dominion, and then you, these things are listed. So you see this expanded rule of mankind. They, they're to rule over the earth. They're to have dominion over the creation. Man is the crown of God's creation, and, and he is given this dominion and this responsibility, this expanded rule. And we see that immediately at creation. We we see it developed after the fall as the earth is filled and flourishes. So. Well, he names animals, and, and, you know, it's interesting. This idea of naming almost gives a sense of authority over. Right. Uh, you know? He names those animals as he's thinking about right. a helper suitable for him. And as, as Adam is naming these animals, he doesn't find anything helper suitable right. for himself. Right. And of course the Lord has something in mind, which again, this this is this is when you take the creator out of the equation, you destroy, yep. you you deconstruct. Well, and that's why we have chaos. Yes. So, I mean you think about twenty twenty and then chaos that ensued. I think yeah, you can say all the elements came together, coronavirus be people being home, being cooped up. And yeah, I think those are valid points. But at the end of the day, if you study the last several decades of moral deconstruction and these things that we've talked about over the last four weeks, why wouldn't this chaos ensue? Right. Yeah. When we're not being who we should be as men and women, ruling over creation, being responsible and flourishing, we deconstruct everything that would allow that flourishing, why would there not be chaos? Right. When when you say – that something that is obviously so is not so. Right. Then what you create is disorder, mm. and then you open yourself up to tyranny. Um, that leads us to one last subpoint here, and that is the expanded relationships of man. So, so here you see it expanding right before our eyes here in the creation story. Adam is first created, and then out of him is created the woman. Oh, there's the expanded relationship. But he, right. So far, it's just him and the animals, right? <laughs> and he, and he's taking care of things as whatever that means in the pre-fallen state. But God says it is not good for man to be alone. Ah, so he, he puts man to sleep, pulls a rib from him, some surgical procedure in which he builds a woman out of this right. bounding part. We don't know the details. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> we don't need to know. Uh, and, and so now, he sees the woman and says, oh, whoa, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Uh, men are still taken with the beauty of women. Right. I, I, 
could just be dumbfounded as right. a man. You know, I, I, and and we are, and but and it's not just her beauty. It was that she was perfect for right. him. She was what he needed, and, um, and that's another podcast, maybe another series. But but you see, this expanded relationship. Well, that doesn't develop fully until after the fall. Now the fall is going to affect those relationships, of course. But we see this ongoing. Exp- they have children. There is conflict. There is murder. There is expanding civilization until we see this expanding relationships. Dominion itself requires expanding relationships. Yep. Work, uh, uh, authority, subjection to authority, right. and, and exercise of proper biblical. All these are expanding until we look at the the biblical community, the covenant community in the Old Testament, and then the new covenant community, the church in the New Testament. These are things that flow out of these this creation ordinance of community. Yeah. The, the whole church authority and responsibility, submission to church authority, Elders, pastors, deacons, people, this is an expansion of, an overflow of this whole thing. And I think really lays a foundation, what we've talked about, lays a foundation for anything that you study from here on out in Scripture. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps set the perspective right. Yeah. Gives you the concept that you should have, and now you know how to go forward. It's kind of like when a woman conceives. Yeah. and, And all you have... It's a fertilized egg, a zygote. Mm-hmm. It's, it's life. We as Christians believe it's life. But that develops over nine years of gestation, nine months of gestation, excuse mm-hmm. me, until a, a full child is. And what you see is the, the, the zygote, the fertilized egg, and it grows mm-hmm. and grows into Israel and to other, all these other things, the church, the, yep. the community, all of these things that God's grow out of God's gift of community. Absolutely. Well, I think it's good to end on, and I think those listening can be encouraged and have a foundation from which to build upon, and I, and I hope if you haven't listened to the others, you would go back and do that. Um, but thanks for joining us, and we hope this is encouraging to you as much as it's been encouraging to us. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.